welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Wow, what a day I've had. I hardly know where to start, so I'll just kind of meander around for a little bit. Um, you know, the my favorite thing about life is you know i the the continual unfolding of god's truth and reality for us and you know just like maybe have you did you ever take a class in school that at first, you had no idea what they were talking about, that you just had that feeling of, I'm lost. <laughs> but then, did you ever have the other feeling that all of a sudden, everything just made sense, and you wondered why you were so lost? Well, it's much like that in the supernatural world. I think you can just trust. See, I, I don't know. Did you get nervous when you didn't understand? How many get nervous Okay, you have a control problem. I'll just say right up front. <laughs> Part of... I'm just playing with y'all a little bit. Well, maybe I'm not. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Part of the beauty of this life that I... I feel so unbelievably fortunate to just do this with him is that you never know when <clears throat> I never know when one concept is going to unlock what it feels like a portal to the more and I feel like I feel like I I have a sense of sort of an easiness that's unusual for me, I know. But because I'm not for sure I can I can fully encapsulate what he showed me today, but you know, I'm going to try. I don't really know if it's been Christy reading and hearing and listening to Kat Kerr talk all about heaven and she's passing along of course that information to me or if it's a particular book I'm reading or just the understanding of of certain scriptures in a new way, but something is happening to me. And and I propose that it's happening to some of y'all. I, I was talking to Christy about it quite a bit today. We actually texted for I think three hours about this revelation and just as which is really unusual for us we usually talk about it but we were just both of us typing i think as fast as we could we really probably weren't reading each other's stuff that much but we were just <laughs> it's kind of like it just begins to sort of just pour out in in this understanding but one of the really cool things that she said to me today is is that is that she felt like there were some of us in our tribe, she made this statement. She said, we all really love God. It's not in question. 
But for some reason, some of us have a little bit of a leaky hose, a leaky spot, where truth keeps being poured out, but somehow it just kind of, it leaks out. And so it doesn't, it doesn't actually create the change and momentum that truth is meant to do. And so I don't know if that's you. I thought just for an exercise, we could just close our eyes for a minute and some of y'all know won't participate with that. But if those who want to participate would close their eyes for a minute, I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit that question. Did what Christy say today, was that me? Is that me? Do I have a place in my life that this truth is leaking out? And just, just dialogue with him just for a second. You know, he's, he's the spirit of truth. And so... Part of his job is to just reveal to you because he loves you so much because he wants you to receive what he has tonight. And so sometimes that leakiness comes through just expectations of what we thought life was going to be like and then we got disappointed or sometimes it's just we got offended because, again, we thought life was going to be a certain way and, and it didn't turn out that way and we're kind of stuck and so tonight, I just want to pray over you if you will be willing to just receive his healing tonight. So, Papa, I just pray over our hearts in those places that the enemy has come in and tried to destroy things within us. And I ask that you reveal your heavenly realm tonight to us in a new way. So we receive it today. We just ask, I ask that you shore up those places where truth leaks out, where we can't retain it that we were meant to understand heavenly concepts. You gave us the mind of Christ when we were saved. Part of the new covenant is we have this new mind. And so we just thank you tonight for what you're going to do, what you're going to say, and how you're going to reveal it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I encourage you to, if you have a mentor, to dialogue with them. If you don't have a mentor, be sure and get you one, because they're awesome. Well, Shooty's an awesome mentor. I don't know if anybody else is. All her mentor people. Another little joke for you mentors. See, just giving you opportunity to be offended already. <clears throat> I was, um, I often think about the scripture where Jesus said that greater works will these uh, than these will you do. And it's, it seemed like to Jesus, in my opinion, that was the point of you being on earth. And he just kind of threw it out there like, you know, he just, as he was skipping along to the cross, he just, and greater works than these will you do, right? Do you remember what he said after that? There was a because, because I go to the Father. And, you know, they didn't know what I was going to talk about tonight, but do you understand, I mean, just the foundation for my message tonight is that Jesus is seated on the throne, interceding for you. Have you ever had anybody you wanted to change? You just really were hoping they would. Anybody had anybody that's on their heart, and you're like, man, I hope they change. And what do you do about that? 
Do you kick them in the shins? <laughs> Remember that thing I sent out this week that the worst motivator, the, the worst motivator for change is personal criticism. Let me say it again. It will never work. And so Jesus is, he's, he's interceding for you because he's bridging the gap between the truth that you currently hear and the truth you currently live out. And see, listen, just to make life fun, you'll always have both. You always have a truth that you're trying to understand and trying to gather the concept and you're trying to live it out. And you'll always have a truth that you didn't know one day previously, but now you're, get, you're living it out. You're, there'll always be that tension. That's the more. When I decide, well, I can never change, I've just stopped momentum for the more. And so his intercession for you is because he is relentless with his love. Okay, sent me those words and I sent them to shooting. She just whoops that out just like that. But he is relentless in his love and pursuit, not because you're so horrible, but because you're his. And so when I think about him just saying, you can do greater works. I, I want to just give you the punchline of my revelation up front. But I was thinking about how I ache within myself to see people free. I have had the privilege of seeing people who were in complete darkness be set free and not only be set free, but live an abundant life. And not only live an abundant life, but actually begin and actually function in their God-given purpose. It is a privilege of my life. I can, I can tell story after story in here. Y'all all have one. But I was thinking today that I ache to see people healed. And kind of like a shotgun went off today, this was, this was what he told me, was that he wanted us to understand that he was a strategic God. And his strategy is to reveal the works of the enemy's plans before the enemy executes them. See, it doesn't take a lot to see that the enemy executed a plan on somebody who has cancer. And do I want us to see, we have seen cancer healed around here. But what if God told you who the enemy was going to target before the enemy's plan was successful? And what if you were able to use your creative force, which is your mouth? See, because here's what you have to remember. If, he, if you're not aware in this heart of yours of what he's capable of doing through a human being, your mouth will never declare it. You know, I watched this show recently. 
And I don't recommend shows, as you know. So I'm not going to tell you the name of it. Because there was probably bad stuff in it. But I can't remember that. Because all I can remember is why he wanted me to watch it. And see, God has me do crazy things that y'all may not like. They might offend you. I might watch a show that if you knew I watched it, you'd judge me. See, a few years ago when Graham Cook talked about when God brought down the tablecloth and he told Peter to come and eat. See, that messed me up. It messed Peter up because it messes up religious people. And when God said to him, am I not the one that decides? See, what I've decided today is that God is not really nervous about the devil. Listen, he actually created you because he intended to put his power in you over all the works of the enemy. I'm going to read you a scripture in a minute, but I was watching this movie and it was an interesting thing because Israel decided they wanted a spy. And so they cultivated and what do you call that where they train and groomed a guy to weasel his way into Syria for one reason, to find out what Syria was going to do to destroy Israel before they did it. And he worked his way, it's a true story, all the way up to the president of Syria before he was captured. Now they pulled his fingers off, so you may not want to watch it. But anyway... Don't get hung up there. I'm telling a story. But see, do you understand? That's the strategy. Because the Holy Spirit knows all things. Doesn't he know the plans of the enemy? And if he knows the plans of the enemy, why? What? How come? Does he just know it to just know it? See, we are, we are so amazing that not only will he set us up and put us in a place where someone has a sickness, and you know I'm all about that, but what if, what if, what if he wants to use your dream life and your gifts and your feeler gift and your knower gift and all these gifts? What if the Holy Spirit wants to use it for strategy? What if he wants to create a people not, that, that know that the greater works of Jesus are that I know it before it happens? You know, in Daniel 11, it says, but the people that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. What are these exploits? See, we've limited ourselves that we hope we can paint a pretty, and it's not bad. We hope we can paint a prophetic picture or give a prophetic word. But what if God wanted to wake you up in the middle of the night and he wanted to tell you Tiger Woods was going to have a wreck in Los Angeles and you would have prevented it? Would you? Would you get up 
You know, Mendel has been reading all this stuff about heaven and her dream life has completely changed. It's messed her up forever. <laughs> See, because he's shifted and he shifted and he said, I'm not really going to focus so much on all your past anymore. You've done the hard work of healing. See, there has to come. This is the greater works of the covenant. See, the, see I, I love this. It's, it's in, I think it's in Amos. Let me look. Yes, it says, Amos 10. Surely the Lord does nothing. So already you know the Lord's wanting to do something. Surely the Lord God does nothing without revealing His secret plan of judgment to come. Who's He judging? See, the problem is we still think He's judging us. We're not even, we haven't even got over that God loves us. We don't even, we don't even understand that He orchestrated this whole family for you. We're still, we're still pre-rejected. We're still trying to get someone to prove to us that they love us. We're still trying to get our needs met by people. We're still looking at what you, each other's doing to see if it if meets up with what I need. I expected you to do this because we're married. Well, you're missing the point because he said, surely the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret plan of judgment to his servants, the prophets. So that tells me on the earth, there are people that God wants to tell secret plans to that are supposed to do something with it. You see, that's why you have to know God, because God's not judging you. Get over it. Why don't you stop judging people? Because God is not judging you. And if you will get over yourself and you'll quit judging people, he will use you to do great exploits. In 2 Chronicles, it says, Believe the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe his prophets and you'll succeed. In Psalms, he said, Don't dare lay a hand on my anointed ones and don't do a thing to hurt my prophets. See, he's put people on earth. I'm telling you today, if you can understand it, your prophetic calling is not for you. Your prophetic calling is not to help you get over your past. Your prophetic calling is for God to tell secrets to before they happen and you learn what to do with the information. You are just an information highway. And if you're going to do the greater works of Jesus, Jesus healed everybody that could be seen that had a sickness. If you do that, that's not greater. How good are we at that? We can't do that because we don't even know he loves us. We don't even know he called us. We don't even know that we have a co-labor. We don't even know the Holy Spirit is the power in me to do anything. We're still waiting for another sign. We're waiting to be led. We're waiting for someone to give us a position. We're waiting, waiting, waiting. And the Spirit of God is groaning tonight and He's saying, My Spirit I have put within you and within you is the way to know the secrets of the Creator of the universe. I'm reading this book and 
he made this line at the end of the last statement, the last chapter, sorry. And he said, I ask if I can meet the maker of it all, the designer, the creator. And he came to me and he introduced himself to me and I fell under the wild ecstasy of his love. And I have never been the same. I met the author of life and I came alive. Do you understand that all of those ways that you're trying to get your needs met by people and you're looking at what everybody's doing, you're trying to figure out, can someone heal my past? Can someone make me feel good? Can come, somebody pay me enough money? It's not the great exploits. It's not the greater thing. I'm telling you, the greater thing is for you to make sure there's no hurricane like Cat Kerr says that can come to Florida at all. It's where she lives and no hurricane has ever came where she li- lives. It's a challenge. Do you understand why this information from God is being poured out? Because he's saying, this is the season. This is the season. In Matthew 10, he said, the one who receives a prophet because they're a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Do you understand what he's saying? That he's telling his secrets to the prophets and the prophets are turning that information on for themselves, for their own gain. If you hear a word from God and it somehow is about you, you just took the secrets of God and you made it about you. And he's saying that if you flip that around, if you flip that around and you honor what God says, then you're going to get a reward you didn't even work for. You didn't even get that. You know, I was reading today. There's two Old Testament prophets that had a very similar experience. And I propose to you today that someone in here can receive this word and and it will change them. But there was Elijah and there was Elisha. Now, Elijah was the old time prophet. And God called him a prophet, even in the New Testament. He's known as this this great prophet. But here's his story. He met a woman, and she didn't have anything to eat. I'm going to give you a really condensed version of this. And when he saw the woman, he said to the woman, feed me first. But years later, his little protege... Elisha, let me see if I can read it to you. Second Kings 4. Listen to this story. The wife of one of the prophet's disciples pleaded, with Elisha. See if you can get that around the corner. She said, my husband who has served you is now dead and he greatly feared God. It's a good fear. Honored God. You yourself know this to be true. The creditor has now come to take away my only two children and make them slaves. And Elisha said, what would you have me to do? He was saying, you can have anything. And then he said, he thought to himself, and he says, is there anything in your house that that is of any value? He didn't say, feed me some cake first. 
Here's your first difference. Did you hear me? If you're going to be a prophet, you're not going to be sitting underneath the willow tree weeping, whining, making God feed you. Whoever has an ear. She said, well, I don't have much of anything. The only thing I have is that might be worth anything is a jar of oil. And so Elijah said, go and get as many large, empty containers as you can find. Ask the neighbors, ask anyone for anything, and be sure and collect a lot. And then go and close yourself in a room, in a room, in a room, in a room. With you and your only son, two sons, and pour the oil into all the containers and set aside all the full ones, full ones. So she went and did what he said. And pretty soon all the containers were filled. And the woman said to her son, bring me another container, son. I don't have time to preach on all this. And the son said, there's none left. And, said, and then the oil stopped. And so she went back to Elisha and she said, and he said to her, go and sell all this abundance and pay what you owe and then your children will never be slaves. Breezy. And you and your sons will live on the remaining money. Fast forward years later, one day, Elisha was traveling There was a woman and she convinced him to come in and eat. Do you see the difference? So when he walked past her house, he went in and ate. And this woman said to her husband, this man who comes by here frequently to eat is a holy man of God. Let's make a room for him. With a bed and a lamp and a table and a chair. That way, whenever he comes here, he can rest in his own room and have his own privacy. So Elijah, he goes by, and he goes into the upper room. And so Elijah speaks to the woman, and he says, You have been fearfully attentive to us. We thank you for all your care. Now, what can I do to repay you? Would you like for me to speak to the king or military commander on your behalf? But she said, no, I dwell here with my own people. She's safe. And he said to his servant, is there anything I can do for the woman? And the servant said, she doesn't have a son. And her husband is old. Didn't say she was old. And so his servant called the woman. And Elisha said, this time next year, when the spring is full of new life, you will hold a son in your own hands. And she said, that's impossible, my Lord. You're a man of great integrity, a man of God. So please don't deceive me. But at that, but that same time next year, she conceived and had a son. The next verse says, when the child was older, 
he walked out to his father who was harvesting the wheat. And he said, my head hurts. And the father said, take the child inside to his mother. And the servant brought the child inside to his mother about noon. And while the boy was sitting in his mother's lap, he died. She took his lifeless body and laid him in the room. On the prophet's bed. And she closed the door and she went away. She said to her husband, she said, get me a donkey, get me a servant, and I'm going to go find Elisha, who was a day away. It was funny because the father was like, no, don't do it today because it's the Sabbath. And she was like, don't worry. I got to go see the prophet. She didn't even tell him. She didn't even tell her husband that he was dead. So she said to the servant, we got to go quick and don't slow down. She rode quickly toward the man of God who was staying about a day away on Mount Carmel. He's clearly having some caramel ice cream. As she approached, Elisha saw her in a distance and he said to the same servant, look, there's a Shunammite woman. Go quickly to see what she wants. Ask her these three questions. Is everything fine? Is your husband well? Is your son well? And the Shunammite woman answered, everything is fine. When she approached the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground and hugged his feet. Elisha said to the servant, leave her. Her soul is very distressed, but the eternal has kept her travels hidden from me. The Shunammite woman says, was it I who asked for a son? I told you to not mislead me. And Elisha said, prepare yourself and prepare my staff to go where the boy is. Do not acknowledge any blessing to anyone on your way there. If someone speaks to you, do not respond. When you get there, lay my staff on the, voice, on the boy's face. And the Shunammite said to Elisha, as certain as the life of the eternal in your own life, I will not leave without you. So he was going to just send his servant. But she was unrelenting. So Elisha then stood up and followed her to her house. The servant Gehazi went ahead of them and laid his staff on the boy's face, but, face, but nothing happened. The boy did not move or make a sound. Gehazi went back to Elijah and reported this to him. The boy didn't wake up. Elisha arrived at the house, and he saw the lifeless body of the boy laying on his own bed. And he went into the room and he closed the door behind both of them and he prayed to the eternal. And Elisha approached the boy and he laid down, placing his mouth on the boy's mouth, his eyes on the boy's eyes and his hands on the boy's hands. And he covered the boy completely with his own body and the warmth returned to the boy's body. And Elisha turned around and paced back and forth in the house. Then he went back into the room and covered the boy's body again with his own body. And the boy sneezed seven times and then his eyes opened. Elisha said to the servant, tell the Shunammite woman to come here. When Gehazi told the Shunammite woman to go into the room, and she did, Elisha said, lift up your son, for he is alive. She fell to the floor before Elisha's feet. 
bowing to the ground, and she wept with happiness. She picked up her son and left the room with him. I just read this story tonight because, you know, you never know if you're going to step into the place of hearing God's secrets. You don't get to judge what He asks you to do and what He doesn't ask you to do. He's looking, do you understand that He's looking for a vessel. He's looking for a people. I believe that he is looking for a company of people. I believe that he is looking for people who cannot even be offended. I think he's looking for people who are so past themselves. They have so gotten over themselves. They are so not focused on themselves that they ache to hear the secrets of God and they ache to move with Him into places that no one else even knows are going to happen and that they don't even care if anybody knows. They don't care if their name gets posted on YouTube that says they raised somebody from the dead. They don't care. All they care about is hearing the voice of the Creator. and It makes me come alive to do the thing that He's asked me to do even if no one knows I've done it. And I think this is a season. <laughs> I think this is a season. I want to read you a couple of scriptures. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Let's turn to Luke 10. You know, when Jesus sent out, I think it was the 70 something. What was it? 70. The 70. That's how many it was. Not 70 something. It was the 70. Take what I'm saying today. And try to apply this in a new way if you can. You know, we've been talking about this new covenant. And in this new covenant, you are afforded authority. Not because of your name. But because of who he is and because of your choice. See, that's why you have to keep choosing Jesus over and over and over and over again. You know, it's really important that when the, when the enemy tries to bring up a lie, you choose Jesus really hardly. You get in there and you say, I'm choosing you today. Because see, the enemy's trying to put a stop to something that he knows you are and you can't see it. So he sent them out, and this is what Jesus said. While you were ministering, I just read this not too long ago, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Where is Satan at? I love Cat Kerr. She says he's got, he's got this, maybe she can talk about it, this second heaven where he's trying to build stuff. And he's like he's got sticks and stuff. And every time that we praise, even when we don't feel like it. She was talking about how there's just ribbons of praise that go out. But when you praise, when you don't feel like it, it's like a missile. Have you yet been able to teach yourself to do the things the Bible says to do when you don't feel like doing it? Or do you still, do you still have to only worship when you feel like it? He said lift up holy hands when they're heavy. Who wants to do that? 
What do you want to do? You want to come over and someone hold your arm for you. See, we've got to learn to do what he says do when we don't feel like it instead of waiting till I feel like it because that's nothing then. I mean, it's always good to do good things, but you know what I'm talking about. So this is what he said. Now you understand that I've imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. I read it on Sunday. Let me, let me just revisit it with you in this little book I'm reading. He talks about the kingdom of abundance in this book, and he says, I love to meditate on his kingdom that's alive inside of me. Have you done that? See, listen, I'm trying to give you tools of the kingdom so that you can do your purpose, so you can apprehend your destiny. If you just hear what I say and you never go home and do anything, then you're just a hearer of the word. You're not a doer of the word. And the doer of the word is what transforms your life. You can't just be a hearer only. This is why, the, see, when you can't be consistent, like if you say, okay, well, get up and pray every morning, and you do it for a whole two days. You do it for two days, and you skip for a month, and then you do it for three days, and you skip six months. That's that leaky faucet she was talking about. Why can't you be consistent? Because the truth has not apprehended you yet. You do it when you're in trouble, but you don't do it to get instruction. You didn't hear me. You do it when you're in trouble, but you don't actually understand it's the instruction for the day. Every day you don't get up and get instruction is a day you're doing it on your own. And so we're not going to do greater things. Do you know, I mean, in this little group here, I've probably had 10 people tell me, I'm going to pray for you every day. Can I tell you, today, I have not heard from anyone for months. They may be praying for me every day, and that's great. But I had people say, I'm going to text you every day, and I'm going to pray for you every day. I don't need you to do that, but it's great if you do. But I'm just saying, why do we fall off the wagon? Why do we make these great promises, and then no one ever hears about it again? That, this is why it's that leaky faucet. Because of what we're thinking about. So let me finish. Jesus said the king, this is in the book. Jesus said the kingdom isn't over here or over there. And it doesn't come by observation. But the kingdom of heaven is within you. That should make you really excited. I don't know why you didn't hoop and holler on that. The kingdom of heaven is inside you. Just because you're not apprehending it and taking stuff out of the kingdom of heaven in you and doing something with it every day doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You need stuff out of it every day. It's, it's there for you. It's not selfish to get it. Hmm, I didn't get that either. The realm where the king rules and has dominion and exercises his authority and power is right inside us where the Holy Spirit has taken up residence. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? The Holy Spirit has several roles. This is so good. On the inside. You understand that's been God's purpose all along. He always wanted to be on the inside. 
You know, that's why you can't make external choices. Your motivation can't be for an external reason. You can't say, I'm going to change this over here so this person will like me. I won't do this over here at work so I'll get a raise. You don't get it. It's got to be from the inside outward. So if he's not doing something in here on the inside, you cannot sustain it on the outside. One, number one, is to lead us into all truth. Do you remember what we said Sunday? You need to go back and revisit that. There's something about truth. It's, it's truth. Remember, God's not going to adjust truth for us. See, religion did a poor job because it made us think something was true that it wasn't. It made us think that we could look holy on the outside by our activities and it would yield fruit. And then what happened was people put us in positions at church that we were not mature enough to handle. We crashed and burned and we blamed it on God and people. The church is the only place nobody can tell you you're not doing a good job. Because we're all supposed to be volunteers so nobody can say that's crappy. Well, I can. But I'm just like going, really, why, why would do we set up our lives that way? I'm just going to come and do whatever I want to do, and you better like it or I'm not going to volunteer anymore. Another is to take what belongs to Jesus. This is the Holy Spirit's job. And reveal it or manifest it to us, declare it, and make it known to us Everything that was Jesus's. And Jesus is the one that said we would do more. Does anyone here, does anybody ache to do more like me? Like I ache to do more. I don't want to live this way. Then I live great. I don't want to live this way one more day. I don't want to act like everything that happens. It's just like, well, that just is what happened. The Holy Spirit is the holiness of God inside us. See, if we don't, if we don't get this, as He washes us with renewing and regeneration and transforming us from glory to glory as we look onto Jesus. We were practicing that tonight. We were emphasizing Jesus, talking about Jesus. We didn't get together and talk about this. I didn't get with Shudi. Shudi was not feeling good before service. And I said, listen. You're feeling what I'm going to preach on tonight. And so you get up there and you sing to him. You put your worship on and I don't know, something happened. It says he will bear witness with our spirits that we are sons and daughters connected to the father. See, that is the beautiful thing is you can't do the greater works of Jesus if you don't know you're a son. If you don't know you're, if you're a woman, if you're a daughter, you know. If you don't know your identity from God's perspective, you won't attain all that he says you can attain because you'll sit back waiting for him to prove to you you're a son. See, the thing of it is, God is not going to prove to us we're sons and daughters. He just said it. I said that on Sunday. If you will begin to believe what he said, then you can do what he says you can do. You know, if I, 
I'm not going to go act like I'm a daughter of some other people. Like I'm not going to knock on some door down here tonight and walk in and go in and get me an ice cream from the refrigerator. I don't have any rights. See, we're doing that to God. He's saying, you have all access pass because you accepted my son. And we're sitting out there going, well, I didn't get an invitation. I mean, can you hear him? I, this is how I hear him talk. It's kind of much like Army. Army was really frustrated yesterday. Let me just quote him. Aubrey and I were working on how to help him understand his little spiritual gift, which is much like Mendel's and Tessie's. He said, why can't people just listen to her message and do what she says? That's much how I hear the father talk. I don't know if y'all hear him talk like that. Like he's saying, look, I've given you, why can't you just do what I said? Because if you'll do it my way, you'll have abundant life. Doing it this rent. Oh, I need some of that. I need some of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, put me in. He says he'll give life to our physical bodies as he lives in us. That's pretty cool. He says this, we're his temple. Where the Holy of Holies, where the very presence of God dwells, where an entire body of believers with the fullness of Him in all fills us with all, we have become living stones built together in a holy habitation by His Spirit. We are the manifold wisdom of God displayed in His powers and principalities. How did we ever come into such a favored position? Grace. Do you understand that he's wanting you to act like you're these things? Jesus' blood was shed for you to get to act like you're these things. See, the weird thing is we're always trying to attain something that's already been given free. I love it. He says, this grace has nothing to do with what we have done and what we could do. I pro- Let me just say a hammer statement. I propose to you that if you can't receive grace, you're much more at ease with what you can do personally. So, you're, so if you can accomplish it, without it, that, that, make, that feels better. And to say, I'm just completely yielded and I will just give my life to do whatever you want it to do and it will look like any way you want it to look like. You know, we, we have been practicing this, or we're, we're trying to practice this. I think what God wants us to see, see, oh, I wish I could explain it to you, but when you go to, say, this happened to Shudi tonight, you go to a restaurant, and you're like, oh, man, that's just a yucky spirit in there. Do you understand, we can, we can label every entity in the city, good, bad, feel good, feel good there, don't feel good there. We can avoid all kinds of darkness. Or, just which category? You want to be over here in the avoiders? I don't. I want to be over here in the confronters. Because this is what Jesus said. Now you understand that I've imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. That doesn't sound like that you're going to go with your tail between your legs. You're going to go trample his kingdom. 
That means he wants to tell you where his kingdom is set up so you can go trample it. So yeah, there's a feeling that's going to be there. It ain't you. Do you understand? This is a new way to do things. You've got to understand, I am telling you something that's new tonight. We haven't been doing this. It doesn't matter why we haven't been doing it, whether we didn't understand or didn't hear it, but we can do it now. God has you set up. Bro's at a place where they're trying to smoke weed out of a pedal, a guitar pedal. Why did God put him there? When I first met, he was like, get me out of here, man. I was like, oh, you can't. You can't leave. You can't leave. This is, a, this is such a God set up. you got to know you can't leave. you got, you got to have victory right here. See, we're always wanting God to pluck us out. In the very place that he moved heaven and earth cost him a lot of money to put me there. Why? Because I'm the light. If I go to that place and I do the stuff that people in darkness do, then I can't be the light. Listen, this is what he says. This is Jesus. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Do you understand the only power he possesses is the lies that he's told you. Have you ever had a lie and all of a sudden you got some revelation? It's a lie. It's a lie. Have you? Has anyone had that happen yet? How does that make you feel? Knowing that you made decisions, spent money, did relationships out of a lie. You know, the great, one of the greatest lies the enemy uses on us is that he makes us think people will be God. He makes us think people can meet all of our needs. He makes us think people will know us. He makes us think that people will comfort us. These all sound like Holy Spirit things to me. Sound like Godhead things to me. And then we're so mad at, at people because they can't do that. And then we go pick people that will never want to do it. And then the whole time we're just judging them because they're just doing what they told us they were going to do. I mean, even Oprah knows that. (laughs) That's not what Jesus said. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. What is this authority? It goes, if you go on down, he says, you know, don't, don't rejoice because you did all this, but the real joy is that your name is written because he said, this is the true source of your authority that you're God's son. You, you have to understand that your only way you're going to walk in this kind of authority to do this to demons is that you know you're a son, that you know you're a daughter. And if you don't know that, I would spend my time learning that before I did anything else. Because why would he entrust his authority to someone who's not a son or daughter? 
Because then I'll wield my authority for my own needs. Or for the needs of another named Lou. See, you have to understand God's strategy is to defeat Lou. So he doesn't want you believing Lou. So I propose that most of Lou's lies have to do with me not knowing I'm a son or daughter. I don't know who God said I am to him. So I'm looking for sources out here to somehow confirm it. So I'm going to lead worship. So they'll confirm it. They'll, they'll worship with me because then I'll know. I'll go get this job and then they'll promote me because then they'll know who I am. All of that is an identity crisis. If you raise your children with an identity crisis, they're not going to know who they are. They're going to pick up from the culture they're in and they're going to tell them, when you feel that, you must be some other gender. When you feel that, you must want some other thing. When you feel that, you must abort your baby. That's all that's going on. We can shake our head all we want, but we have the authority. And the beautiful thing about this power is that it comes through the creative force of your mouth. He didn't give you some magic wand. You don't have to go touch everything. You don't have to go to every place of business. You don't have to go to all your unsaved people's houses. You just have to say it. You know, I was talking with someone the other day that y'all know really well. I'm not going to tell you who it is, and it's not who you think it is either. Because I'm tricking you right now. But... They have this consistent thing that happens in their family. It's called gossip. It sounds like prayer requests, though. But it's really gossip. I hate that. And I was telling this person, hey, you know, you're engaging with that because you're afraid to take authority there. And, and so it was like an eye-opening moment that, wow, I don't have to engage with that. I can do something over here on this other plane to change this plane. See, that's the part we don't understand. We coast through life, and we just let stuff happen. And if it's really bad, we'll pray. If it's really bad, you know, if somebody's really bad. We don't even think about doing anything preliminar- preliminarily. We don't. Everything's after the fact. Oh, they got cancer. We should pray now. I don't know if you believe me tonight, but I'm telling you that God told me today, the greater works of Jesus is that he will tell us secrets to his prophets and they will pray and they will declare stuff and it will not happen. And that's the way you trample on everything that the enemy, because if you tear up all of his preliminary plans, see in this movie I was watching, they, this guy did this thing, this spy did this thing. He, he was in, in this industry and he gave them these trees to plant everywhere they had a military uh, thing with a bunch of weapons. And so Israel knew. He sent them a, tell him, what do you call it? Beep, 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 beep. Morse code. He sent them a message. He sent them a message and said, where the trees are planted, that's where they got weapons. And Syria was so stupid, they let those trees grow for years later. Wow. And so Israel knew where to bomb. Wow. 
And they bombed all of their cachet of weapons for two and three years later. Do you get that? How have you? That's what God wants to do with your life. He wants to tell you his secrets. And not only will you get a reward, but those who come along beside you and say, I'll agree with that. I'll do that just because you said it. Then they'll get your reward too. That sounds like an inheritance to me. You want the more? You want the more? Then follow somebody that's going to do something with their life. Follow somebody that's going to believe the word of God that says, I've given you all this authority to trample over the entire kingdom of the enemy. Let's start trampling something. You know, as you become more aware, just even in your whole daily life, every time that you become aware of something, every time that you see something in advance, speak to it, pray over it, begin to partner with people and say, I am going to change this. I have one more scripture before Mendel comes. I think. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. can't find it let me finish with this then in the book i'm reading he said paul says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and has conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of love and he said let me ask you a question concerning that verse that he just that i just read how much work did we do in that sentence Zero, right? He's done it all, and he freely gives it to us. Everything his beloved son deserves and all his kingdom and his inheritance, we receive as a free gift. Do you love that? And see, because you have this gift of grace, it's like we talked about Sunday, it's light. Remember, darkness isn't an entity. It's the absence of truth. You've got to get that. Wherever someone is in darkness, they just have an absence of the truth of God. And so you can speak truth into the atmosphere without even talking to them. I mean, just try it one day. I've been trying it. It's a lot of fun. Make a shift tonight. Make a shift in your heart tonight that says, if I'm going to do the greater works of Jesus, I have got to realize what my authority is. And my authority only comes as I know what kind of son and daughter I am. I'm a loved one. So come on, Mendel. So good. So good. So good. Wow, there's so much that um, that I want to talk about up here, but we would be here for another hour at least. So, uh, yeah. Well, I asked the Holy Spirit what he wanted me to say, and so I'm going to do that. <laughs> Seems like a good idea, right? <laughs> so um, this is so exciting, and I know that this is just the tip of the iceberg on this revelation that Tisa got today, and there it's just going to expand, and we're going to keep talking more and more about it. I just know that we are. But I know that everyone's excitement is, is up to do what she was talking about. Um, but I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to go back and touch on what she said at the very, very beginning, which was the leaks, the leaks that we have. 
And, you know, I have to say that I've had a, a personal experience in, in the last month or so, month and a half maybe, something like that, where I have what I call, would call a brand new sweet spot has been revealed to me. You know, we have a sweet spot. You know, that's when we say I'm in my place. Everything feels, feels peaceful. I feel powerful. I feel free to operate. Well, I, you're all going from glory to glory to glory. So your current sweet spot is actually going to be replaced someday by a better sweet spot. So you're going to have a better sweet spot. It's going to continue to get better and better, and you're going to look back to that old sweet spot and think, man, that wasn't quite enough, you know? There's so much more available. There's more, 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 more. So much more. It goes on and on and on. Just refer back to the worship set. It just goes on and on and on. Every last drop he's pouring out. Ah, okay, calm down. <laughs> so I've had this, this thing happen that I didn't even know how to ask for it. But as we said on Sunday, which again, please go back and listen to Sunday's message if you haven't heard it. Um, but the Holy Spirit knows what we need. The Holy Spirit knows right now what you need for that brand new sweet spot. Because see, in your current sweet spot, we all have this on some level. We have that leak, that leaky spot. We know we're a son or daughter of God, and we love God, and we want to serve God, and we want to participate fully in everything we talk about here. But there's a spot that we can't quite put our finger on, or maybe we have identified it, but we can't quite, quite um, satisfy it or get the right answer for it to experience transformation in it. We all have that on some level. And so... The Holy Spirit knows what you need for that spot. The Holy Spirit knows right now what you personally need for that leak, for that leaky spot. Because see, you're not going to be able to do what she talked about today while you have a leaky spot. And the Holy Spirit gave me this image tonight to illustrate it, just in case you haven't gotten the full picture, okay, of what this leak does. Have you ever arm wrestled anyone? Okay. Have you ever arm wrestled someone who was, you were sort of an equal match? So you get to that spot, you know, and then you're just both stuck there. Like nothing happens. It, you're just stuck there. But if you release your tension, you're going to go down, right? So you spent, you just sit there and you hold, you keep your muscle tight, you know, tight. You, you're just holding strong, flexing the muscle. Yeah. So that you don't lose the battle. Everywhere that you have that leaky spot, you are doing exactly that. You're in this tension of having to use all your strength to hold where that place that you're contending for. Because you're using your own strength to contend for what you hope to be true, what you've been told is true, but you can't quite accept it. You can't quite let it sink in and actually change you. And so if you've ever been in that position or if you can picture it, how much can you accomplish while you're doing this? You can't even tie your shoe. You literally can't even tie your shoe. You've got one arm and you can't even really move that much to do very much with it. Can't even tie your shoe. So that's what we're doing in those leaky spots. And that was a, a funny picture that the Holy Spirit gave me today for that. But this, as I said, the Holy Spirit knows, and Tisa read tons of scripture today that backs this up, about the anointing within us. The anointing within us is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit knows what you need to be complete, 
to manifest the fullness of Jesus in you. Just like the book she read, also she also quoted this book that that references that. Jesus lives in us. The kingdom of God is in us. We just need the truth of it all to be manifest in us in all of these spots. So what I want to to say tonight is that I had this happen for me in the last month and a half or so where I didn't even know what I needed. I didn't know how to get it, but the Holy Spirit brought me what I needed. And I have found this brand new sweet spot because this place where I was weak and I was contending for all the time um, was healed, was, was built up. It was reinforced with truth. Because see, what when you're, when you're doing the arm wrestle move and the Holy Spirit points something out to you, like Tisa talked about tonight, what happens is it, that thing comes and the enemy takes advantage of it and pushes you, you backwards. It pushes on that tension that you're trying to hold. So now you've got to devote even more of your energy and strength in that moment. You've got to put your other hand up here and help hold your hand up because you're contending against a lie in that spot. Meanwhile, the Holy Spirit was just trying to tell you something to partner with him in. So if that spot isn't reinforced with truth, if it isn't healed up, then you're, you won't be able to respond in that moment the way that we want to. So as I said, the Holy Spirit did that for me um, in the past month and a half or so, and I'm just going to pray that he's going to do it again for each of you. And he will. We can trust him. Just believe tonight. He knows what you need. You don't have to even go searching for it. Just ask him. And so first, I want everybody to put their hand on their heart. And I want to do this thing that I heard from Kat Kerr that she does. And she says to just say and repeat after me, Holy Spirit, stir up and activate the anointing within me. And then we're going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm just going to pray this over you, okay? Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would, would speak to each person in this room, that you would bring truth to them in a way that they just, whether they recognize what you're doing or not, that you would just drop it into them, that you would move in their spirit, that you would soak them with this truth and heal those wounds, heal those lies, heal those places that are, that are weak, that they're constantly contending for. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would do again what you did for me. Just repeat it. You say there's power in a person's testimony. And so I'm declaring tonight what you did for me, and I'm asking you to do it again in each person's heart. Whether they're in this room or they're listening online or sometime in the future, just do it again. Holy Spirit, we just say today we don't even know what we need, but you know the, exactly what we need for that spot, for that leaky spot to be filled up by you. So do it again, Papa. Do it again, Jesus. Manifest your presence in them. Highlight that spot. Just I just call it alive right now. I just say, come alive, come alive, come alive in them right now. Thank you, Papa. And the other thing that I learned from Kat Kerr um, was that she practices this every day and teaches it to all of her family and her staff and everyone on her team, that every morning she says to ask for grace. It's one of these things that God gives us freely that we don't, we don't realize how much he wants us to participate every day with. And so don't, we don't want, it's not just a scripture that we hear or we, we hear about on, while we're at church. Participate with him by asking him every day for grace. And so she says to ask, say, I ask for and I receive your grace for this day, this day. I ask for and receive your grace for this day. That grace is a supernatural power to do what he's called you to do that day and a supernatural power to be active in your life. 
So I've prayed for this Holy Spirit anointing to come alive and, and bring you what you need, and now partner with him every day to ask for the grace for it all to be accomplished in you and for you to participate with it. So I ask for and I receive your grace for today. And you can, I've been doing it every morning. I just say, stir up and activate that anointing within me. Stir up and activate. You can also say, cleanse me for the kingdom. Just start your day off that way. Start your day off by partnering with what he wants to do in you and through you. Okay, I'm going to pray over you again. So, Papa, we just thank you for this word. We thank you for your revelation, Holy Spirit. We thank you for all that you poured out through Tisa tonight. Thank you for the dreams, for the interpretation of the dreams, for the scriptures, for the books that other people have written, for the examples we've seen in our everyday life. Thank you that you are speaking all around us all the time, that it is your great joy to draw us and pull us into the kingdom to operate and live in the kingdom. I thank you that you have already sent the word to your prophets to declare that we are now living in the kingdom age, that we were alive at this point in time and the greatest point in time in history to see your presence manifested in your sons and daughters. So we just say thank you, thank you, thank you for the honor and privilege of being alive right now. And we say we want to receive all that you have poured out for us so that we can be all that you've called us to be in every moment, and that we can enjoy your presence and your power being demonstrated in a powerful way at this point in time on earth. So we say thank you for the revelation. Thank you for the teaching. Thank you for the earthwork in our heart. Thank you for the comfort of your presence, for your supernatural grace to empower us and make it all happen. Thank you that all that we have to do is know who we are and come like little children into the kingdom. We just come like little children. We're not striving. We don't have to dig in our belly button to dig out any dirt or anything like that. We just let you do the work. So we come to you as little children tonight, asking you to, to let it be done. Let it be done in us. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And we love you. We love you. We love you. And we will cry out for the more because we know it's your great joy to give us the more. So I just release grace over every person in the room. I just speak to the everyone's pre-deposited anointing when they receive Jesus. And we say, I say, activate that anointing, stir up that anointing, come alive in them, speak louder than ever before, speak louder than ever before. Let tonight be a marker moment for them that they can look back on and say, I was changed in that moment, that life has never been the same for me. We're going to ask for and request boldly. You said to come before you come to your throne boldly and ask. So we're going to stop asking for small things. We're going to stop limiting you by our, our asking for tiny little things. We're going to ask you for big things. So we say, make us whole, make us whole for the kingdom. Make us whole. Papa, we want to be whole. We want to be healthy. We want to operate with you the way you intended us to. We want it. We want it. We want it. So we just ask for the more. We want the more. We want the more. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. Okay